Abandoned to Mother, the incredible, emotional, and life-changing transformation we take when we go on our journey into motherhood. From all things conception to postpartum and parenthood, I will be talking with parents and hearing their stories of navigating these times while sharing helpful information along the way. Together, we'll be covering all stories, no matter how you have chosen to conceive, birth, or parent. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Made Into Mother. Today we are talking with Emily. How are you going, Emily? Good. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Can you start off by introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about yourself and your family and where you live? Yeah, so I'm Emily. I'm 25. Um, I live with my husband, Adam. And my two girls, I've got Ella, she's three and a half, and I've got Ivy, she's one and a half, and we live in Mackay. Perfect. So we're going to go over both the girls' stories, starting, well, Ivy's obviously a bit more recent, um, so we'll deep dive into Ivy, but starting with Ella, um, can you tell us a bit about your conception with Ella? Was she planned? No, Ella was a pleasant surprise for us. (laughs) (laughs) We were actually... um, we went on a trip to Italy and um, I forgot to take my contraception with me. So I said to Adam, I was like, we're winging it for the next yeah. three weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because we were on like the Amalfi Coast and we're coming down this hill on a bus. And for some reason, it's like I already had an intuition that I was pregnant because I felt sick. And for some reason, I like grabbed my stomach and I was like, it's okay. And later on, I was like, why did I say that? Like, but then we got home and I realized that I was pregnant. (laughs) Oh, the intuition is strong. Yeah, real strong. (laughs) Geez, he's only had a really small window then to conceive. I know, I know. (laughs) Well, have you been on, were you on contraception like all your life until then? Um, Basically from when I was a teenager, right up until then. Yeah, it's just the morning pill. Oh, that's crazy. So you got home from Italy so and I got home and I, yeah, I just said to Adam, I was like, look, my boobs are so sore. And I said, <laughs> I'm late. And I was like, let's just do one mid drinking of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and then we took the test and I was like, no, nah, you need to go get another one. Like you need a digital one. I said, you need one that's real. Mm. So then, yeah, he went and got one and came back. And I think I just sat in the shower for about half an hour crying. Not because I was sad about it. I think I was just shocked. Yeah. And I was like, okay, because, like, at the time I was 21. Yeah, I just turned 21. Yeah, definitely so, a big shock. Yes. <laughs> so how did you adjust then to pregnancy and how was your pregnancy with her? Yeah, so at the start of my pregnancy, early on about nine weeks, um, I had a bit of bleeding and at the time Adam was away at work. So, you know, I was ringing the hospital and they were like, you really need to come in. So I went into the just the emergency at our local hospital and um, sat there for hours and eventually Adam came as well and they took me in and just basically like filled my stomach and they're like look honestly we think having a miscarriage you just need to go home and ride it out and then they booked me a internal ultrasound for the following week so I was just I was like we were devastated because we're like we've only just found out and now you're telling us like that it's over Mm -hmm. and like there was nothing they could do basically. So we went home and I went back for the ultrasound 
and they were just like shocked because they're like look we honestly didn't think there was going to be a viable pregnancy when you came like we thought on the weekend you would have passed the baby through this would have been done so I was like okay thanks (laughs) so Bob was fine totally fine yeah they said her heart rate was a little bit lower than what they would like but there was a heartbeat which they weren't even expecting to have so that's crazy what was it was it just like early pregnancy bleeding that they misdiagnosed yeah so later on we found out um that I just had a lot of um I forget what they called it like blood outside of the sack yeah so it was just slowly releasing itself so um yeah once I had Ella a lot of blood came out and that was where it came from so yeah but at the time they were just winging it they're like oh we think it's this and I was like okay that's wonderful (laughs) but um apart from that our pregnancy with Ella was really really good like a total ideal first pregnancy like I think I felt nauseous for like two days and that was it I never once threw up I yeah it was amazing um but I at the moment do f45 Mm. however because of my issues at the start that was ruled completely out they said look you can't exercise so I was like well that sucks (laughs) so I gained a lot of weight um with my pregnancy with Ella I think I gained about like 20 kilos Mm. so that was a big adjustment for us because I was just like no (laughs) yeah yeah it can definitely be hard I couldn't work out in my pregnancy either Oh, I think I gained about the same too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, and what did you do um, in your pregnancy to prepare yourself for birth? So my midwife hated me because I <laughs> she asked me for a birth plan constantly and I was like, no, not having one, no. Nope. <laughs> and I'm the type of person where if I start thinking about something, I overthink and I look into all the bad things that could happen. Mm. So I just said to her, I was like, I don't want one. And I said, I'm just going to go in there and take it as it comes. And I was like, look, obviously my preferred method is um, to do it naturally. And I said, but it is what it is. So um, I did try to get into the birth centre here. Yeah. However, by the time I found out about it, it was already booked out for when I wanted it. So mm-hmm. that sucked. But, yeah, so I basically just went in and I was just like, this is it we're going with it so that's awesome (laughs) so um with Ella she was actually 10 days late yeah so um they were talking to me about booking an induction and obviously I didn't prefer to have one but I was like look at the end of the day the baby's got to come out at some point Mm. um and she was actually due on Anzac day thank goodness she did not come then because yeah my partner is really into two-up and he yeah. was blind, <laughs> like he was wasted. Yeah. And I was like, if we have this baby today, you're not coming. I was like, serious, <laughs> you're not coming. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they were trying to schedule my um, induction. It must have been the May, the long weekend in May, the first weekend. It's Labor mm. Day or something. Yeah. And they were like, look, we need to push it back because we don't birth on public holidays here. And I was like oh okay like I'm sure a baby comes when it wants to come (laughs) yeah Yeah, they probably just wouldn't schedule any inductions no and that's what they 
said, it was just due to staffing. We just prefer not to. So um, that sucked for them because Ella ended up coming on that day anyway. <laughs> she was oh. like, you're not going to tell me. But um, <laughs> So take us from the start, like the very first sign of labour and right through your birth story with Ella. Yeah, so it would have been the night, the afternoon prior, actually. I went to um, the local shopping centre here to meet up with a girlfriend and we were just walking around and she's like, you know, if you get sore, just let me know. And I was like, I'm always sore, so let's just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I started getting like really like an achy back and I, it got to a point I was like, look, I just need to go home and lay down. Like my back is just killing me. So um, I went home and just laid on the couch a bit, tried to sleep, couldn't sleep. Adam came home. I still had like just this aching pain in my lower back and I didn't think anything of it because I was, I literally had like pelvis pain. I had all this pain at, towards the end of it. So I was just like, this is just uncomfortable. Like it'll be over soon, whatever. And then that night I was up every hour on the hour, I reckon, just in like pain. And it progressed to like period cramp pain. So I jumped in the shower, came out, tried to lie down. And then again, like every hour I was up doing the same thing. Like, so I went downstairs and I rang the hospital and I was like telling them and they're like, look, we think you're in the early stages of labor, um, but try and ride it out as much as you can. And I was like, okay. So then I um, I think it was only like an hour or two later I rang them back again because it was getting worse. And they're like, yeah, look, you know, like if you feel like you need to come in, like come in, but you really should ride it out because it just sounds like you're super early on. So then it got to the morning and Adam got up to go to work and I think it was like his last day before he was due to go on leave anyway. Then Adam asked me if he should stay home and I was like, no, no, like go, it'll be fine, like first labors they go forever like I'll still be doing this when you get home anyway and then I think it was probably an hour after he left I rang him and I'm like you need to come back I was like I can't you need to come back and we need to go to the hospital and at this point I was standing against the bench in our kitchen and I'd lifted my stomach up onto the bench Mm. So I didn't have the weight of it anymore. Mm. <laughs> and it was so comfortable. It looked probably so weird, but it was so comfortable. And then, yeah, he gets home and he's like, like, what do you think it is? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, they reckon it's the early stages of labor. And I was like, but let's just go and get someone to look at me. So we went in there and they were real, like, cash about it because they thought I was, like, super, like, probably, like, one centimeter or something. Like, they just thought calm down girlfriend like you've got ages (laughs) and um yeah so they did a check on me and I was actually five centimeters dilated Mm. so they're like yeah like you're ready you're like you can stay basically so they took me into the birth suite and set me up in there and after a while I was progressing but my waters hadn't broken so they were kind of like you know like what do you want to do and I was like do whatever like I'm uh, you're telling me what to do and I was like I don't know (laughs) I was like I don't know how this is supposed to happen so they were like you know like if you want we can um they could break my waters for me and I was like yeah sure let's go so um they broke my waters and then 
at this point I was just having gas. Um, I, I think it was towards, it was getting closer to Ella coming out and I was like, I need something else. And my midwife was really good and she knew that I didn't really want to go that next step anyway. So she, everyone was lying to me, basically. (laughs) She's like, you're almost there. And I can't even count the amount of times my husband said to me, just one more, just one more push. I actually pre-warned him for my next baby. I was like, if you say that to me, you're out. Do not tell me that because you said it for about four hours. (laughs) Did things get a lot more intense once I broke your waters? Yeah, so once I... um, broke my waters it just like sped completely up it's like Mm. that's what Ella needed to get down a lot further than what she was yeah and I was like so grateful that they broke it because I was like I don't know how much longer I can go on with Mm. this pain and I said it's getting worse but nothing is happening yeah did they warn you that it was going to get more intense no (laughs) no they just I was like here you go here you go (laughs) (laughs) so um They broke my water and at that point, the pain was so intense. I wasn't even breathing air anymore. I was just Mm. on the gas constantly. And there was a point there where I just like zoned out. Like I was that high on the gas. I like spaced out and they took the gas off me for the last, I think it was the last hour I had to do with nothing. Because they're like, no, you've had too much. Like you just need to do it now. So luckily for me, I think it was about an hour of pushing and then, um, yeah, Ella came out and she was a big old baby and they were like trying to get me to look at her and all these things. And we didn't know what she was when she was born. We didn't find out the gender. So they like were showing her to my husband and they're like, oh, like, do you want to tell us what it is? And he's like, it's a boy. <laughs> Pass her through. Yes. Passed out there, I'm like, but that's a girl. <laughs> I was like, you wish, mate. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Was it really special finding out what you were having, or were you just so exhausted by that point? A bit of 50 50. Like, when she first came out, I was kind of like, what is it? Like, someone tell me what it is. But at the same time, I was like, I'm so flipping tired. Like, mm. someone, because the way I birthed, I was leaning, facing the wall, leaning against the bedhead. So I had my back to everything and I was like, I just need to be turned around and like laying down and chilling out basically. Is that the position that you got yourself in? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you felt was the most natural. Yeah. So originally I was laying down. That wasn't comfortable for my back. Then they asked me to stand up. Didn't like that. And then I got back on the bed and I was just, yeah, I was like, I just need to be on my knees or something. And they were like, okay, we'll just face the back wall. And I was like, okay, great. Let's do this. Yeah. It's crazy how your body just does yeah, what it just needs to do. Yeah, just does it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. she was out? So she was out and that's when um, I had a bit of a bleed um, so I remember them getting some needle and just two nurses pricked me both sides basically. Um, and just to like slow the bleeding basically. Mm-hmm. And then, um, they told me that I had a second degree tear. So, um, Ella came out with like 
her fist next to her face. Yeah. Um, and gracefully came out altogether. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, then they had to turn me over and um, I had to get stitched while they were doing, like, all their checks on Ella and stuff. And what about your placenta? My placenta, I think it came – I birthed it about 30 minutes later. Yeah. Um, they – kept like pulling at it to see if it would come and it just wouldn't so they left it for ages and then eventually it came out and seriously they do not tell you that that is like a mini baby coming out of I you know. like <laughs> it's just like it's just gonna come either. out yeah it's hectic hey oh my gosh and then, I wish someone would have warned me a little bit more about that as well <laughs> yes I was like this hurts. Like, I didn't think this was going to hurt. <laughs> it's definitely not as bad, but it's still definitely not comfortable. No, and they um, they had it on the trolley next to us, and they're like, oh, do you want to see it? Rah, rah. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, like, gross. But my husband's all into the gory. So he's like, yeah, he's like, can I take a picture? So they're, like, holding it open and up so you can see, like, it's full size. And he, um, yeah, he took a photo of it. It's disgusting, but um, <laughs> he loved it. So you obviously didn't decide to do anything special with it or keep it then? No, they were like, what do you want to do with it? And Adam looked at me. I was like, it's going in the bin. Yeah. I was like, I don't want that. <laughs> and did you decide to breastfeed Ella? Yeah, so initially um, we went into um, trying out breastfeeding um, with Ella there was a lot of concerns around her weight after she was born in terms of my feeding. Um, so I think it was about the first four weeks we had a midwife at our house like every second day checking on Ella's weight because she wasn't gaining weight and we we didn't realise that it was I didn't have much of a supply. Mm. So we were like, this baby is constantly crying, like she doesn't stop crying and they were like, you know, maybe she's hungry and I'm like, yeah, but like, I feed it all the time. So, yeah, it just got – it was really, I guess, mentally hard for me to be like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. So I think it took about two and a half weeks and then the midwife said to us, she came to our house and she just said, look, if Ella doesn't get to this weight by this date, I'm taking her back to the hospital because she'll mm. need to be tube fed. And I was just – I felt so, like, crap. So I was like, it's literally my job to feed her and I can't. Yeah. It's definitely a tough pill to swallow. Did they offer any additional support, like a lactation consultant or anything like that? Sorry. It's okay. Um, oh. It's okay. Yeah, so they, the midwife just recommended um, trying some, like, lactation cookies from the, um, like, I think there's just some sold at IGA. Mm. So we went and got those. And then she did mention about a um, lactation consultant, but because we live in, like, a regional town, we don't have one available all the time. So. Yeah. The one that I rang, she wasn't available until after the date, like basically mm -hmm. our deadline. 
Mm. So I was like, well, that's not going to work. So, yeah, we just made the decision to start introducing some formula. Yeah. And we started off just doing some, like, mixed feeding with Ella. And then eventually just got to the point where, like, why are we – because they said to me I would still have to be up every two hours pumping to make what I was trying to give to her. Yeah. So and it got to the point me and Adam were just like, is it worth it? Like, mm-hmm. all this sleep. Like, Ella at that point was sleeping through. Yeah. But I was still having to get up every two hours. So we were like, I just – I didn't feel that it was worth it to keep going. So Absolutely. that's when, yeah, we just switched Ella completely to formula. Yeah, definitely. I mean, breastfeeding such – such a hard gig yeah so oh and so how was the rest of your postpartum period then yeah so the rest was um it was good uh, once I got to my six weeks they cleared me to go back to the gym so yeah once I was able to start working out again it was just yeah it was great because I got to do you know something for me then and it wasn't just mum 24 7 like Whenever mm. Adam was home, I could get a break for like half an hour and go do something for me. Yeah, um, definitely. So yeah, no, the rest was amazing for us. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and well, we'll move on to Ivy then. Um, so how much? How old was Ella when you conceived Ivy, and was she planned as well? Yeah, so we did plan um, Ivy. We wanted the girls to be around about two years apart. Um, I was a year apart from all my siblings and that was hectic. There was four of us and I was like, I need a bit more of a gap. So, yeah, we decided on two years. I believe Ella was, I want to say, 18 months old when we decided to stop um, contraception and start for another one. So after... I had Ivy, I had the bar put in my arm. Um, so I went and had that removed. And we were very lucky. I actually didn't even get a period in between having the bar removed and falling pregnant with Ivy. It happened in the first month. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said to Adam. I was like, damn it. Like, I didn't expect it to happen that quick. <sighs> That's awesome, though. That's so good. Yeah, so very thankful for that. And, um, yeah, just like Ella's pregnancy, I was praying that I was not going to get sick because it was actually um, such a special time being pregnant with Ivy because my sister, who has tried for a baby for a very long time, um, was pregnant with her first baby through IVF. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were due four weeks apart. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so she was ahead of me and she was already, like, so sick. And I was like, oh, no, please don't let me get that. Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, luckily I didn't, again, get any morning sickness. So um, I was so thankful for that. But at the same time, I felt so bad for my sister. (laughs) Oh, the poor thing. But how special going through it all with your sister as well. Yeah, it was really nice for us because we're already close. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. (laughs) 
And how, so obviously a little bit older now and already had a baby. Is there yes. anything that you did to prepare for this birth? And sorry for the noise. That is a hectic thunderstorm outside oh my, my <laughs> Yeah, so in terms of preparation for Ivy, obviously when we started thinking about it, I started taking um, like pregnancy vitamins and things like that. I'm so slack with those and I think <laughs> I took them for a few weeks and I was like, okay, that's probably, that's all you're getting, fetus. Like, hope that was enough. <laughs> um, but, yeah, again, I had the same, like, mentality as Ella's. I was like, it is what it is. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you can't change the outcome. What's going to happen is going to happen. So, mm. um, we're real, like, casual people. <laughs> we kind of just go with the flow with everything. But, um, yeah, so pregnancy went really well for Ivy and then we went for our 20-week scan with her to get everything measured and checked and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in the scan, um, we had a younger um, girl doing it and she kept having to get her supervisor in and it got to the point I was like, is something wrong? Like, what's going on? And... Um, they just said, look, we can't tell you anything. You'll have to go see your doctor. And I was like, great. Oh, I hate, I hate that. it. I was just like, you know, just tell me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so went to my doctor and she basically said the one of the kidneys, um, from what they could see, wasn't the size it was supposed to be for the age of her. Mm-hmm. So they were concerned that either it wasn't growing or there was something wrong potentially with um, the nutrition she was getting. So I was like, okay, well, what can we do? And she said nothing. She's like, we have to wait four weeks. Um, You'll go for another scan and then we'll see what growth it does in that time. Um, And I was like, okay. So I went back to work and I was just like stressing I was like, I have to wait four weeks to find out if there's something wrong. Mm. And it just took me back to the start of Ella's pregnancy. I was like, I had to sit at home for five days and just stress. Yeah. And I was like, it's it's hard. And you already have heightened emotions anyway when you're pregnant. So I was like, mm. I don't need this. It's a blessing and a curse, all of the information that we have. We definitely need it for when something goes wrong, but... Yes. It can be a curse sometimes, knowing everything. (laughs) Yes. So, um, yeah, we went back for our 24-week scan and they did the scan and, again, she went and got a supervisor and I was, I said to Adam, I was like, something's got to be wrong. And I was like, if she keeps having to get it, I was like, it must still be, like, not right. Mm. and he's like don't worry about it like just wait until you see your doctor so went back to the doctor and they were just like no it's all good they're like they probably just didn't read it properly on the first one I was like what (laughs) four weeks of stress for this yeah I was like this is wonderful I was like thanks so much (laughs) oh poor thing so how far along were you then so that was 24 weeks 24 weeks yeah yeah Hello listeners, as you can hear in the background, 
a very chaotic and unexpected thunderstorm came over during the recording of this podcast. I have had to cut the next few minutes out because you can hardly hear what Emily's saying over the thunderstorm, but she was just explaining that she was doing F45 during this pregnancy, unlike her last one, all the way up until 37 weeks because she wanted to stay fit and she had finished work at 38 weeks. For the rest of the podcast, you'll hear my microphone muting so you don't have to hear the god-awful storm in the background. Yeah, so then it got to Ivy's due date. Yeah, it would have been Ivy's due date. And I was still like, no, like it's not happening today. And I think Ivy ended up being about four days late. Yeah, it would have been four days late. So the night before Ivy was born, I wasn't tired or anything. I was just bouncing on our, we had a medicine ball. And um, I... For some reason, whatever it was, at like 7.30 or 8 o'clock, I was like, I'm going to bed. Like, it's another day done. I'm just going to go to bed. And, yeah, I wasn't even tired. So I was like, I don't know why I'm going to bed. I just feel like I need to. And then that night, I woke up probably at, I would have say about midnight. Wasn't in pain or anything. I just had to go to the toilet. So I went to the bathroom and then went back into bed and it was about 3am. I woke up again and I went to the toilet. And this time when I went to the toilet, there was blood. So I've woken Adam up and I was like, we need to go to the hospital. Like I'm bleeding, like something's not right. So um, I quickly jumped in the shower and then that's when the contraction started when I was in the shower. So I was like, all right, I'm just in labor. And Adam was hating on me because I got out of the shower and I was like, oh, can you just like check the bed sheet and like check all these things because like I've been bleeding. And he's like, we probably don't have this much time. We should just go because we live half an hour out of town. So we still had a fair drive to get there and we hadn't even left. So he's like, who cares about the bed? We are going to get in the car and we're going to go. So, um, yeah, we drove down to the hospital. We met a friend there and they took our oldest daughter from us. Um, And at this point, I was like bent over at the door of the hospital because it was so early. They weren't even open. We were waiting for someone to let us in. And I was just like bowing over in pain. I was like, oh, my gosh, like someone get me the gas, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Was that at Mackay Base Hospital? Yeah, Mackay Base Hospital. Yeah. So then we went inside and this was probably, I want to say it was like 4.30, closer to 5. And um, we'd gone into there and we went into the um, like a day assessment room basically because they didn't think I was in labour. But I was like, no, definitely is. Been here before, done this. I'm telling you, I am in labour. And they're like, all right, like we'll just put some monitors on you and just check it out. And I was like, okay. And um, I kept saying to them, like, I've already lost a lot of blood. Like, I can feel I'm still losing blood. So then we, they came back and they were like, oh, yeah, like, you're definitely in labour. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like, (laughs) it's not my first radio. And then they came and got a doctor to come and assess me to see how far along I was. 
and he's like oh like do you think you can walk and I was like no like I've lost too much blood I know I'm gonna get lightheaded and faint so they had to change beds because the bed I was on literally was like covered in blood so they had to move me to another bed and then wheel me down to the birth suite and then it honestly was just all systems go from when I got into that room they did I was in like the contractions had really like ramped up and I was just like someone get me the gas someone get me something and um they're like oh we need to do a check and I was like yeah but hurry up because like I don't feel like we have this much time so they did a check on me and they said oh you're only about six centimeters or something and they said oh we can't fill your waters have your waters already broken and I was like oh not to my knowledge and I said I don't know what that naturally would feel like because my last ones were broken for me so I was just like I'm not sure and I said I've lost a lot of fluid and I said potentially but I don't know so then she went and got another midwife to come and check me and she's like oh it feels like you're um, waters have already broken and like her when she checked me it was so painful so I was like yeah like yep I'm sure they have <laughs> um yeah she was like oh and by the way like you're not seven centimeters actually 10 and I was like oh wonderful this is great so yeah and then that was when I literally just my intuition I got myself up and turned myself over how I gave birth to Ella so again I was just facing the back wall and I was hanging over the bed and um I for some reason too started lifting like my left leg up like I felt the need to just do that so a midwife was watching me and she came over and just like held my leg up and then literally I reckon two pushes maybe I became out so awesome um, how crazy is it how uh, our body just knows what to do I was just what like it needs. I was like why am I putting my leg up like this feels so <laughs> weird <laughs> and so, did you know what you were having did you know no, you no we didn't find out either and um when Ivy first came out she actually went um limp so Adam didn't even get to cut the cord. Like as soon as she went limp, they said, look, we got to take her. So they cut Ivy's cord and took her back over to the, like the little bed they assess them on and more or less like started working on her to get her breathing. And I'm like kneeling on this bed. Adam's standing next to me. He's watching them, but he's watching me. Cause he's like, who am I supposed to stand with here? Because, like, at this point, all the midwives and doctors had left me. They're all with Ivy. And I'm just like, what's going on? Like, no one, like, said anything. And when she first came out, like, she made a tiny little cry. But, yeah, like, then just completely went limp. So I was just like, what's going on? Like, where's the baby? Like, and Adam's like, I can't say anything. Because, like, he knows I would just be, like, distraught. So um, then eventually one of the midwives came over and they I could hear Ivy crying at this point now. And um, she's like, she's okay. And I'm like, what is it? Like, we don't even know what the baby is. And they're like, oh, it's a girl. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what, was, what, what was wrong with her? They believe 
um, when she came out, a lot of blood came out with her. And obviously I had been bleeding that whole time. And they just think during the whole birthing experience, she swallowed a lot of blood um, and she just couldn't breathe from all of that. Whoa. So did she have to go to like special care or anything? Um, so after she was born and then they did all the checks on her, they made us stay in the birth suite for longer than we did with Ella. It was a few hours. And at that point they were happy with her to come back to the room with me. Um, when I was actually having a shower, I wasn't aware. They said to Adam, um, you know, she may cough up some blood during the night. It's nothing to be alarmed about, you know, we'll check on her. So obviously Adam's gone home cause he couldn't stay. And, um, Ivy just started like coughing up blood and like vomiting constantly. And I've like rung the nurses and I'm like, what's going on? And as soon as I seen all like the, it was like a brownie blood, like old blood. They've just taken her straight off me and just run with her and just left me sitting there on my own. And I was like, um, okay. So then I've rung my husband and I was just like, they've taken her, like they've just come and got her. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like trying to explain to him, I'm like in hysterics at this point because like my baby has just coughed up blood and then the nurses come in and just taken her, not even said like where they were going or what they were doing with her. And then a older midwife came back in and she's like, oh, you're okay. And I'm like, where's my baby? And I was like, what's going on? And um, she said, oh, like, she just needs to go down to special care. Like, um, you would have been aware of this. And I was like, no, like, if I would have, if I was aware, I wouldn't be so shocked right now. I'd be asking. Yeah. That's my baby. <laughs> so, yeah, then they took me down to special care because they were like, oh, like, do you want to go see her? And I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> of course I do. So went down and sat in special care with her for, uh, I would say, a couple of hours with her. Um, why they got one of like the head doctors to come in and check her over and they're like oh like she's completely fine like don't worry and I'm like don't worry and I was like she's coughing up blood like is that gonna keep happening and then they explained to me that it was basically because of my birth like that she had all that blood in her system and she was just trying to get it out more or less this poor little thing I've never heard of anything like that so did you go home like with pretty soon or yeah, so um, thankfully we actually got to go home the next day. Um, with my breastfeeding journey from Ella, I would have preferred to stay longer, but being in the public system, like they need all the beds they can get. So more or less as soon as we were good to go, they were like, we need your bed, like you need to go. And I was like, okay, like ready go. So yeah, it was only, I think we only stayed for about a day and a half and then we left. And I think we only stayed that long because um, of Ivy vomiting the blood. Otherwise, they would have tried to make us go at like four hours or whatever the cutoff is, six hours or something. Yeah, like four to six hours usually yeah. if, ever, if there's no complications. Yeah, so um, obviously with all my bleeding, they wanted to check on my levels as well. So I think with Ella, I only lost 500 bells. Um, but with Ivy, I lost about two litres of blood. So, yeah, they wanted to check all that before they let me go as well. That's an insane amount of blood for, like, a vaginal delivery. Yeah, yeah. That's and a really high amount. 
Yeah, and they, um, after I hired Ella, they said, you know, you'll want to get monitored to see if you will bleed if you have another baby. So I seen the head of um, the paediatrics when I was pregnant with Ivy and explained what happened. And he more or less just said, you know, 500 mils is like borderline. It's not really like a big issue. He said, you'll be fine. Because they were trying to assess whether to hook me up to a drip as soon as I walked in with the next baby. Um, but he basically said, no, it's all good. And then, yeah, he got that totally wrong because it ended up being three times as bad. Crazy. So when you got home, was she better? Yeah. So as soon as we took her home, like none of it went on. Like she never vomited blood anymore. Like she was just a normal baby. And how was your breastfeeding journey with her? Did you try to breastfeed again? So I am so stubborn when it comes to this and my (laughs) husband hates me for it. Um, I was like, yeah, like I'm going to try again. Like maybe everyone says each baby's different. I'm going to try again. And he's like, radio. And he said, I'll let you try again. But like we're buying formula like to start off with because he said, I'm not going to wait four weeks of like stress and anxiety for them to turn around and say, give a formula. So I was like, that's fine. And then it got to day, I'd say day two or three. Um, we were just seeing all the same patterns again. Like it was like reliving Ella again. And my partner was like, can we just give her some formula? And I was like, oh, like it's just so early. And he's like, yep. And he said, but this is Ella. He said, we're looking at Ella. And he said, he's like, I can't watch you do this again. So he said, let's just start introducing little top-ups. And he said, you can keep breastfeeding and pumping and doing whatever. But he said, like, we can't let her starve. So I was like, yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, we started introducing formula to her. And then I think it got to about six weeks. Yeah, it would have been about six weeks. We were fully just formula. And I was still trying to pump something because I didn't want to get mastitis. Um, unfortunately for me, I ended up getting mastitis no. three times back no. to back <laughs> to the point where oh, I had to go and see the specialist. And he was like, is it really worth it? And he's like, do you really want to breastfeed? He said, it is not the end of the world. And he's like, he ended up having to give me this strong like medication to basically get rid of the mastitis and dry it completely up. Cause he's like, you can't keep doing this. He said, you're going to keep coming back here every few weeks. So I was like, okay, that's the end of this. (laughs) How are we feeling? Obviously it was something that, you know, you you were trying to push through with. How are you feeling when he told you that? It was sorry it's okay oh shit hmm I think because like I had in my head that I was gonna do it this time hmm but um yeah like everyone I see basically was like it's not the end of the world like you know they make formula for a reason yeah I know it can definitely be hard to adjust, but you did fucking amazing. 
and you've got two beautiful, healthy, happy girls. So, <laughs> and you're an amazing mum. Yeah, it was definitely just something like, I don't, mentally, they just don't prepare you for that either. Yeah. I feel like, did you get any additional support from the hospital or the midwives? No, it was the same thing as Ella's. It was just like, go try this, and if that doesn't work, here's the number for the lactation consultant. But, like, she's booked out for weeks. And it's like, well, mm. how are you supposed to book her in when you don't even know if you need her? Are you supposed yeah. to book her in in the hope that you'll need her? Like, so, no, in terms of the public system, there was, like, there was nothing there because... Yeah, like I said, the consultant they were referring was booked out for weeks. Mm. So I was like, I can't just keep having mastitis waiting. Yeah. <laughs> and mastitis is oh, obviously so painful. So painful. Awful. You poor thing. So, yeah. It, while we're on this topic, is there any advice that you'd pass on to, like, another mum or someone who's about to become a mum with their breastfeeding journey? Definitely, I would say, I guess I was kind of assuming I wouldn't be able to do it. My mum didn't breastfeed us either. She had a lot of struggles. So, yeah, I would say definitely, like, try and find a lactation consultant in the area, even just when you're pregnant, and talk to them about all the things you can do when you're pregnant to try and help you post-birth because yeah it just it is so emotionally hard and you're already so emotional once you give birth that you really don't need that stress on you so I guess if you can work out techniques or get any tips from them prior just to get you through I guess yeah absolutely even having like an appointment with a lactation consultant when you're pregnant and booking in one like postpartum yeah um, even if it's like two weeks or a week after you're due or something yeah yeah definitely because breastfeeding we say it on almost every single episode for something that is such an like I guess a natural thing it is so fucking hard so it does not come natural to so many of us no so I definitely agree with getting additional support when you can yeah. And how were you, how was the rest of your postpartum period with Ivy considering you now had a toddler as well to look after? <laughs> it was um busy, very yeah. busy. Um couldn't just rest at home like I did with Ella because um with Ivy obviously we had Ella, Ella was going to daycare, so at two days a week um I had to drive all of us into town to drop Ella off, to go back and pick her up. And, yeah, I felt sorry for poor Ivy because she just got lugged around everywhere. <laughs> she probably that got poor, used to the car. and <laughs> That poor girl did not have a chance. <laughs> and how are the girls doing? both doing now? They're great. They are uh, they're just like chalk and cheese, honestly, but they're so obsessed with each other um, <laughs> and they're just – constantly like they're really into dolls at the moment so they're constantly walking around with all their little babies it's so cute to watch (laughs) (laughs) that is nice and then you've obviously you've mentioned a few times but you're planning on having another I would 
really want another, but yeah. uh, my partner's fighting me hard on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not so sure. He's like, oh, but if it's a girl, he's like, then there'll be four of you. <laughs> I was like, you'll be right. He'll <laughs> be an expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he reckons we're all going to sync up and that week of the month he's going to move out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you some questions now. Um, if you could give a mama who's about to embark on this journey one piece of advice, what would it be? I spoke about this actually with my husband um, the other day and I said to him, I was like, something I always tell mums, um, friends, family, whoever, when they're pregnant is don't start something you don't want to continue. Um, like, obviously, everyone's going to parent however they're going to parent. But I remember saying to my sister all the time because she would, like, I don't know, rock her kid to sleep constantly and then complain about it. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> so don't do it. And I was like, don't do something you don't want to continuously have to do. So I was like, if you don't want to rock her for the rest of her life, stop rocking her. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's my only piece of advice really when it comes to that. That and trust your gut. Like, you're going to know when something's wrong. Like, no one else is going to know that. And every time I've had to take my kids to a doctor or something, they the doctors always turn around and they're like, well, what do you think? Like, you know them better than anyone. Like, what do yeah. you think? So, yeah, they would be my two bits of advice. Yeah. Definitely. I've been asked that multiple times by pediatricians with yes. my son. What I'm do like... you think's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> you know him best. Yeah. And can you give us a product recommendation, something that you would love to rave about to other mums? For us, again, this is a bit of an exy product. That's all right. Um, but it's definitely our upper baby pram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, I've um, heard that these are elite. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We, hands down, would buy it over and over again. We have got so many people we know to buy them and, like, no one's regretted it yet. They're just yeah. so convenient and we got one with the bassinet on it. So, um, obviously, we live in Mackay. All of our family live on the sunny coast. So, whenever we'd go down there, we would take the whole pram and then, basically, the baby would just sleep in the bassinet in like our hotel room and then we'd keep going but it's just so it's such a good pram it's just yeah and definitely getting one that you can have your capsule in and out of um in the car I know mm. that was particularly handy with Ivy having to get her in and out so constantly I just would clip her onto the pram and off we'd go I wouldn't have to worry about waking her up every time yeah um, but yeah definitely that pram we're in love with it Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and lastly, you have your own little online business, a ch little children's boutique. Could you give us a bit of information about that? I do. So I have um, Wild Blue, the label. So um, Ella's middle name's actually Blue. So it's after Ella because she is our wild child. <laughs> and, yeah, I started that I think when I was on – maternity live with ivy um basically it's just little um clothing items for girls boys um teethers trying to think what else is on there like um welcome plaques just things like that um 
I just wanted to start one that was affordable for mums. I hated yeah. seeing all these new little items and they were like 50 or 60 bucks each. I was like, it doesn't have to be that expensive, surely. Mm. So, yeah, I've gone out there and I'm, yeah, trying to produce the goods for mums and keeping it on the cheaper side. Good on you. Well done. And I will put your business information in your um, episode announcement as well for everyone. Thank you. Well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. I loved hearing your story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thanks so much. Another beautiful story. Thank you, Emily, so much for sharing your journey with us and being so vulnerable, especially around your breastfeeding journey. If you're feeling anxious about breastfeeding or want to know where you can get additional support services some things you can do is breastfeeding classes through your hospital each hospital should offer them each hospital should have a lactation consultant that you can ask to see after you've birthed your baby you can either hire a private lactation consultant prior to giving birth and then come to give you support at your house after you have a few resources that you can call the Australian Breastfeeding Association. If you Google that or ABA, you will find their hotline number on there that you can call them and get free support and advice on that. Also, 1-3 Health, you can give them a call and speak to a registered nurse um, and they should be able to provide you some support or point you in the right direction. Also, your community centres. Each town or city should have a community centre if you search for your local one. Lactation consultants from the hospital are generally there one day a week. You do have to book in with them, but if you reach out to your community centre and you ask them about it and get booked in, you can see a lactation consultant for free through them. If breastfeeding does not come easy to you just know that it is okay and exactly what emily said they've made formula for a reason and you're doing an amazing job thank you so much again emily and we will see you guys again next time on the show remember mama you're everything that your baby needs and you're doing an amazing job 